0: Empire. Welcome to Inside the Cap. I'm your host, Joel Corey. You can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel, C O R R Y, J O E L. Also, read my regular CBSSports.com column called Agents Take on NFL Contracts and Salary Cap Matters. This week, we're going to delve into two things. One, the ramifications of Juwan James's Achilles injury, and also fifth year options that had an exercise deadline of May 3rd. First, uh, let's look at Juwan James, the NFL PA dispute with the NFL over the existence of voluntary workout programs, now has collateral damage with Juwan James tearing his Achilles tendon last week, working out away from the team facility. The NFLPA had been advising players uh, not to participate in the off-season workout programs. Uh, James reportedly had been working out at the Denver facility and then... And the advice of the NFLPA decided not to. Not really sure why the NFLPA is fighting this one tooth and nail the uh, offseason workout programs, but it seems like some players didn't know what the complete ramifications were if he got hurt away from the facility, and the NFLPA didn't explain the pros and cons to it to them. And since they have a position, they wanted to. Advance, They probably were downplaying the uh, cons of the situation. That's an agent's responsibility as well. To discuss with his clients, okay, if you don't work out, this is its facility. These are part of the ramifications. If you do, here's the pluses and the minuses. Explain and present that to your clients and then let them make an informed decision as possible. Um, that way you don't have guys like Patrick Mahomes tweeting um, that they can take his contract away just for working out. Now, when you get hurt away from the facility, that is probably the worst thing that can happen to you, particularly during the off season, because the team is not responsible for much of anything. <laughs> they can put you on the non-football illness injury list, which they did do with uh, James on Friday. And there are ramifications for being put on that list. Um, none of them are good. One, you don't get an accrued or accredited season, particularly if they put you on now because then you're done for the year. Um, if you go on after the cutdown, then could come off in a normal non-COVID year. Um, but you're out six weeks at a minimum. Um, you could come off. But in this case, Juwan James can't. So he doesn't get... In accrued season for free agency, which he really doesn't need because he already has four. Once you have four of those, you don't need another one. doesn't get a credited season for salary purposes or benefit purposes, which is more important. So that means uh, nothing goes towards his pension. Nothing goes towards his um, severance pay this year, which is another benefit you get at the end of the year. There's a certain amount per year, depending upon how long your career is, that you get um, in severance pay. Lump sum payment when you retire. Like Philip Rivers tried this year, he's got $285,000 in severance coming for 17 years, um, but doesn't get the credit this year, which would be $30,000 um, for severance. More importantly, not to pay your salary if you put on the non football illness injury list. Um, don't pay for your medical care uh, if they don't want to. Um, now, if you get hurt at the facility, under Paragraph 9 of the final player contract, team has to is responsible for stuff like that. And paragraph 9 basically says, Unless this contract specifically presides otherwise, if players injured in the performance of his services under this contract and promptly reports such injury to club physician or trainer, then player will receive such medical and hospital care during the term of this contract as long as club, club physician may deem necessary and will continue to receive his yearly salary for so long during the season of injury only for no subsequent period uh, covered by this contract, as player is physically perform the services required of him by this contract because of such injury. Um, that's your salaries guaranteed by paragraph nine. In the case of an injury, performing services of your contract, working out under the direction, supervision, or control, the team qualifies uh, for that. James in his case supposed to make 9.85 million this year. He opted out last year voluntarily because of COVID, which you were allowed to do. Um, got the $150,000 advance. His contract told, so it was running through 2022. Now runs through 2023. Um, had a fully guaranteed $9.85 million salary. Was ten, but he got the $150 advance. Um, has $11 million salary next year. Five million guaranteed for injury only. Fully guaranteed on the fifth day of the 2022 league year. Now, there's something called defaults. In a player contract, which can void guarantees. So, since he had the guarantee, if he didn't default, then they said to pay him. But because of how the default language reads, that guarantee is gone, which puts him in a position where they don't have to pay him. And and for typical default language, is more or less the same for each team. There's some variances. Some are more onerous than others. But basically, if you uh, refuse to play or practice, leave the team without written consent in any years of the contract. If you uh, have a breach of paragraph 3 of the player contract as a result of hazardous activities, which involve a significant risk of personal injury uh, that are non-football in nature, uh, some list specific things like skydiving, hang gliding, mountain gliding, climbing, auto racing, motorcycle Ski, scuba diving, skiing, etc. You get suspended by uh, NFL policy whether it's personal conduct, substance abuse, or performance enhancing drugs, uh, conduct detrimental. You are in default. So that's going to put also next year's guarantee in jeopardy as well. The $5 million. The injury guarantee is not going to apply because the injury guarantee only applies to injuries suffered while playing or practicing for the club. So the injury guarantee won't work for him next year. A skilling guarantee doesn't kick in if it still survived, which I don't believe it does, until next year. Snyder's so got an unsecured $5 million next year. Some people have said that um, this could trigger give back of a signing bonus. I've never heard of a situation where a team has come back to try to get somebody's signing bonus for working out away from the facility under... Um, Signing bonus forfeiture or recoupment is controlled by Article 4, Section 9 of the CBA. But before we get to that, we referenced uh, Paragraph 3, which was referenced in the default, which talks about will not play football engage in activities related to football. Otherwise, this may involve significant risk of personal injury. Um, so working out <laughs> um, away from the facility typically qualifies for that. Now. Um, if you're talking about Article Four, Section Nine of the CBA, there's a list of things which are considered appropriate defaults um, for when you can come back and get signing bonus. So, some of the same as in the guarantees: refuse to play, refuse to play or practice, hold your services. Basically, if you um, are suspended under a policy, then signing bonus forfeiture. Uh, can be triggered uh, if you uh, retire. But typically, it, does, it doesn't mention anything for what we're talking about in terms of give back for signing bonus. I think that's something that uh, is a stretch. It, it says, what well, does say, unavailable team due to non football injury that results in material breach of paragraph three. So, yeah. They could, but I still think that's a stretch. I think that's one where the NFLPA would file a grievance just because they wouldn't want that precedent set. Now, this thing did take another turn for the worst in terms of relationships with the NFLPA and the NFL um, just because of a uh, memo that the NFL sent out um, because players were, um, as I said, Mahomes was surprised and some media members were surprised as well of the ramifications of what happens when you work out away from a team facility. And um, specifically, it's, it's this memo, and some clubs inquired about it as well. That injuries sustained while a player is working out of zone in a location other than a facility considered non football injuries outside the scope of the typical skill injury cap guarantee. Such injuries are also not protected by the protections found in paragraph 9. Uh, The NFL player contract, meaning there's no contractual obligation to provide salary continuation during the year in which the injury was sustained. Then they toot their horn about why you should work out of the facility. By working out, by contrast, injury sustained by a player working out of club facilities specifically authorized by this club are considered football-related injuries, and you're entitled to payment a paragraph five salary, medical care, pension credit, if you're unable to perform services for three or more regular season games due to injury, it's also postseason games acquired, uh, for pension credit also apply. And any other any other benefits such as injury protection. which um, provide payments for the player in the seasons following uh, the season of a career injury. So, Kelly's injury typically isn't career-ending, so the injury protection probably will not apply in this case then the NFLPA had a response this was a that the NFL was being gutless trying to wiggle right out of contract and using this as a scare tactic now we've seen in plenty of occasions that teams ultimately will pay something in a non-football injury uh situation um we had one last year Michael Polardi uh punter for the uh Panthers last year and after watching football team uh, Torres ACL, uh, working out sometime before training camp, was scheduled to make $1.84 million. They decided to pay him $500,000. So it's is not lost that James won't get paid something. But he could end up being made an example of because of this dispute with the NFL and NFLPA to drive a point home. Denver doesn't have to make a decision on when to pay him now. Uh, they can wait up until training camp to do it. But it would not surprise me if they pay him nothing. Um, What some people don't know is if you have an injury in college and you're unable to play, yeah, it's a football injury, but not for NFL purposes. For NFL purposes, that is still considered a non-football injury, and we've seen that come into play in drafts over the past 10 years or so. One being um, Marcus Lattimore had that gruesome knee injury in I think it was the 2012 season. He's a draft pick in 2013. I think a fourth round pick of the Niners. Never played a down of football never passed the physical. Was paid was put on a non-football illness injury list, and was paid what's called a split amount in your in your contract. Fourth round picks have a split amount. There's a CBA amount for a minimum salary you get if you're not on the 53 man roster, and that was his case. So. His split was $288,000 the first year, and the second year was $303,000 what he was making before he retired late in the year. Um, Jake Butt got hurt playing for Michigan in the bowl game. I think um, it was Orange Bowl, if I believe. And was a fifth-round pick in 2017. Probably would have been a second- or third-round pick. Made the split. Then you've had other cases where guys, I'm going to digress for a minute, weren't draft picks before I get back to one. Like Isaiah Wilson last year, um, the troubled first-round pick from the Titans that uh, they traded to the Dolphins who promptly cut who promptly cut him because he obviously wasn't going to do what he needed to do, which was the case in Tennessee. Um, guy, a disaster in terms of uh, being a professional. Um, went on non-football illness injury list twice last year. First time they paid him, second time they didn't. 2019, Trent Williams. Held out partially for money and partially because uh, he didn't agree with the medical treatment that the Washington football team gave him because of the cancerous growth on his head. Um, When he finally decided to report to camp in late October, uh, they couldn't find a helmet which was going to fit properly. Washington uh, put him on the non-football injury illness list. Didn't pay him his $10.85 million salary, the bulk of it, which is about $6 million. Now, one case, Dallas Cowboys, 2016. Um, Jalen Smith um, was playing for Notre Dame, your second-round pick in 2016, had that career-threatening knee injury in a bowl game. And they paid his salary in full um, in 2016, second-round pick. There was a time when Cowboys did not treat second-round picks this way that I know from personal experience. Um, we represented a second-round pick. Um, was our first getting started a um, long time ago. Jimmy Smith, who ended up catching over 850 passes for like twelve over 12,000 yards, seven straight thousand-yard years, all with the Jaguars. But he, set, he was a second-round pick in 1992 by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, rookie year was lost. Broke his leg first couple of days in training camp, and you could come out for IR after four games back then, and it, for anyone. Basically, played special teams the rest of the year. Second year, was complaining of stomach problems. Played in the preseason game against the Oilers. He'd been complaining about stomach problems for a couple of days. And played well. There's a particular play where he caught a pass, got slammed to the turf, fell on the ball, and was clutching his stomach afterwards. Complained a couple of days later, stomach still bothering him. Um, then has to have an emergency appendectomy. Things go wrong. There are complications. And he ends up having this uh, procedure, and ileostomy performed on him, where his bodily waste functions were performed through a bag. Um, I remember being on a conference call with Jerry Jones. This is early in Jerry Jones' tenure of owning the Cowboys. And I was a little taken aback because I didn't know anything about the non-football injury list until this. And Jerry offered to pay him $100,000. The salary was like three fifty, I think. And I remember Jerry saying, I got nothing from him last year. I'm going to get nothing from him this year. Take it or leave it. We didn't think that was fair, particularly given he had told the Cowboys about his stomach problems, and they kind of ignored him, and it ended up coming to full-blown complications where his career was in jeopardy. He ended up going from, like, Two hundred pounds, is like 165, 170 pounds. Ultimately, obviously, he recovered, but we filed a grievance. I kept, I'd videotaped. Yes, it's that long ago. Videotaped the game, and we introduced that specific play into evidence. And the arbitrator bought our argument that this was football-related, and Jimmy got, obviously, the uh, full salary. And the benefits associated with one an IR Cowboys career was over because it's cut the next year. Dallas has come a long way from how they treat guys on the off football um, injury on list. Worst list for you to be on now. One last thing with James is that this kind of sets it up where if they want to get rid of him, they can because um, the guarantees are going to be gone for next year as well. He's got. Nine million dollars of bonus proration, 2020, three million, 2021, 22, and 23. So, they want to cut him, then it'd be three million after June one, or next year. It's three million dead money this year. No pay, not pay anything. Six million next year. So we'll see if they decide to pay him anything at all. Um, I remember Philadelphia Eagles. There is a guy, Mike Patterson. I don't know what year it was, mid-2000s, like 2004, 5, 6, I'm not, 7, 8. I'm not sure what year it was. But that decade um, had some sort of, had of brain surgery. They paid him something but didn't pay him his full salary. And I was like, well, wait a minute. <laughs> he had brain surgery, no fault of his own, paying his full salary. And then there was another case. Lawrence Tynes um, got a staph infection, staph infection, MRSA, at the Bucks facility, and I think 2013, initially they weren't going to pay him anything, put him on non-football illness list, but got such bad publicity, they decided to actually pay him. <laughs> um, so we'll see what they decide to do, the Denver Broncos and Juwan James situation. But given he opted out last year, has not lived up to what they thought when they signed him, even when he did play. Now you have this injury. I suspect that he's going to be made an example of, I hope I'm wrong, in this NFL-NFLPA fight. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is in not as job. simple you know, as why? bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. 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 Listen to the deal. Listen to the deal on Spotify. What's up? It's Mike Jones from the Football Jones Podcast. I know you're enjoying your time with Inside the Cap, but once you're done, I want to invite you to come over and check out my podcast. Each week, we take a deep dive into some of the most pressing topics around the NFL high profile guests from the coach, player, and front office ranks, as well as the top league insiders. Check out the Football Jones Podcast, another fine product brought to you by Empire Media. Decisions on fifth-year options had to be uh, made by May 3rd, and the number of fifth-year options that were exercised didn't change compared to previous years, uh, despite there were some subtle changes in how fifth-year options work with uh, this 2018 first-round class. That now, when you exercise the option, that they're fully guaranteed as soon as you pick it up, instead of just guaranteed for injury, and then you could wait until the following first day of the league year for the skill and care, skill and injury guarantee to kick in. So you could do what the Titans did to um, Adoree Jackson this year, get rid of the option, have no obligation if the guy's still healthy. Um, the Washington Football Team did that years ago with uh, RG3, kept him on ice the whole year. <laughs> Um, when Kirk Cousins was first establishing himself as a starting quarterback, didn't even activate him except, for, I think, one game, just so the injury part would, wouldn't uh, become a uh, issue. And now salaries are different. Used to be top ten picks, got the transition tag for their position, and everyone else picks 11 through 32, third through 25th highest paid salaries at their position. Now it's kind of performance-based performance where two Pro Bowls original ballot No matter where you're picked in the round, it's um, franchise tender. One Pro Bowl original ballot in your first three years, transition tag. If you have 70% play time in two of the first three seasons or average at least 50% play time in all three seasons, then it's 3rd through 20th um, salaries. And if you don't do any of that, then it's 3rd through 25th. So that kind of changed the calculus a little bit. So let's look at some of the uh, options. There there are 21 which are actually picked up. That doesn't include Colton Miller, who would have been picked up, but he signed a contract. He's the first guy to get a um, contract done for a uh, 2018 first-round pick. $54.15 million on a three-year extension, $42.5 million in guarantees at the beginning of April. Um, so he had 21 picked up. Uh, 31 were eligible. Um, Josh Rosen wasn't because he got cut by the Dolphins after the trade from the uh, 49ers. And that's in line with the number of options you had picked up in previous years. There are a couple of uh, interesting cases to me, um, Saquon Barkley for one, that his option number is really low, 7.217 million, whereas his cap number this year is a little over 10 million. So it's actually cap-wise a break next year for the uh, Giants. And part of the reason is the for running backs, you take a guy that high second – the franchise transition tag numbers for running backs have been going down steadily because um, it's over it's a cap percentage average. It's not the previous top five the average top 10 salaries of the previous year. It's over a five year period. so running back salaries for a while at cratered. they're starting to go back up. but 2017, that fifth year option number for a top 10 pick was a running back it was going to be 9.84 million. In Ezekiel Elliott's, if he'd played on the fifth-year option, which he didn't, it was going to be $9.099 million, which was 2019, um, was the exercise year. And then this year for Saquon, it's dropped even more. So perfect storm for him. Panthers, since they didn't take a quarterback with the eighth pick and with J.C. Horn, they were going to exercise that option for um, Sam Darnold at $18.85 million. So it's basically... Scott, this year, next year, to prove that he is a legitimate quarterback. He's got a new lease on life. Um, Marcus Davenport, I was kind of surprised they exercised his option, the Saints, $9.553 million, fully guaranteed. Lost the starting job to Trey Hendrickson because of an elbow injury which sidelined the first four games of the regular season. Couldn't get it back. They gave up two first-round picks to get him, move up to get him, trade with Green Bay. Um in 2018, so maybe they, instead of cutting their losses, decided, you know what, we're all in on him. Leighton Vander had durability concerns dating back to Boise State with the neck, then had the neck problems after, after a great rookie year, hasn't been healthy, talented guy, 9.145 million, drafting Micah Parsons, even though they said didn't impact it, probably made it a lot easier not to pick up the fifth-year option. They say they want him there long-term. But if I'm late in Vander Esch, you don't pick up my option. I am I play well this year. I can alleviate the injury concern a little bit. I'm out. I'm like, you could have had me for the fifth year. I'm testing the market. Someone wants to pay me. You can watch me, watch my career progress someplace else. Then we had um, Hayden Hurst. As soon as Kyle Pitts was drafted, this one was never getting picked up. They got him in a trade. Uh, to replace Austin Hooper, who left in free agency for the Browns, he did he did okay. But Kyle Pitts could be a once in a generation talented tight end, 5.4 to 8 million. Not picking it up for a guy who's not going to see the field nearly as much now. Two that I thought might get picked up but didn't: Terrell Edmonds, Steelers safety. They already they're picking up Mika Fitzpatrick, so picking up two safety ones. His was 6.753 million. Didn't pick that one up, even though he was played basically 90% of the defensive plays ever since he was drafted. And the Titans have history of not picking up fifth-year options um, or keeping them. Jack Conklin, Corey Davis, then this year, Adoree Jackson. They didn't pick up Rashawn Evans um, for $9.735 million. Um, Now, we saw Frank Ragno, whose option was picked up, get a deal done, which now we have two guys who signed deals in this first-round draft class. Um, he had a $12.657 million option, four-year extension, highest-paid center in NFL history, 13, reportedly $13.5 million per year, $25.5 million fully guaranteed, $40 million full, and overall guarantees, all new benchmarks for centers. So typically, well, you're going to have anywhere from three to six guys sign first-round picks, sign deals, Um, and not play the fourth year of the rookie contract. Two quarterbacks are probably going to sign deals, Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson. Expect those to be in the Dak Prescott range, $40 million per year, probably be where those deals average. Uh, We'll see if someone can get to $100 million and fully guaranteed signing, which has never happened. Guarantees will probably be somewhere between 120 and 140 million. Baker Mayfield, interesting one. Would the Browns do something with him or or Denzel Ward? They made Miles Garrett the first $25 million per year non quarterback last year. Uh, If I'm Baker Mayfield, I don't necessarily have to be in a rush. I let those guys go first, knowing that a rising tide lifts all, all boats if they want to do me. He played great second half of the year, overcame the sophomore slump he had in 2019 and wasn't playing all that well at the beginning of the year if they don't do it now and he plays like he did second after 2020 season it's going to cost them more money so we'll see about that one quentin nelson the colts are budgeting to try to get him done it's in the budget i wait for brandon sheriff i'm in no hurry He's playing on a second franchise tag with the Washington football team, eighteen point oh three six million. He's my floor if he gets a deal done. Joe Thuney raised the bar for guards in free agency, went to the Chiefs from the Patriots. Eighty million, five years, sixty million dollar average, forty six point eight nine million in total guarantees. I'm looking to just fundamentally change guard salaries <laughs> if I'm uh Quentin Nelson. Some teams will eventually do deals with guys like the Packers with Jerry Alexander, but not this year most likely. Steelers still haven't done T.J. Watt from last year, who's playing on the fifth-year option this year. So make it Fitzpatrick. You're not quite on the radar screen um, yet. Calvin Ridley has another year like this year, 90 catches for almost 1,400 yards, came close to double digits in touchdowns. They're going to have to pay him well over $20 million per year. They're already doing that with Julio Jones, who's 32 years old, coming off an injury-plague year. Probably won't be there next year. They could could get traded after June 1st. That gives him more leverage if Julio's not around. So those are probably the ones which have the best chance of getting done this year. Didn't see Colton Miller being the first one. Didn't see Frank Ragno being the second one. Um, Bradley Chubb, Broncos, maybe, Pro Bowler. Pass rusher ain't going to be cheap. <laughs> pass rushing market this year in free agency, not where I expect it to be. $17 million was the max on the average per year. Didn't get to Trey Flowers' money two years ago, which was $18 million. Um, $56 million overall guarantees, 40 fully guaranteed signing for Trey Flowers. I'd expect anything for Bradley Chubb to be over $20 million per year. Uh, Von Miller's coming back. Uh, from missing last year uh, with the uh, ankle problem. He's in the final year of his contract. So we'll see what they if they do anything with Miller, if he gets off to a good start, and would that set the floor for uh, Bradley Chubb uh, as well? But Hey there, it's John Kime with the John Kime Report podcast. I'm glad you're enjoying the Inside the Cap podcast with Joel Corey. When you're done, I invite you to listen to my podcast, Twice a week, my guests and I discuss the Washington football team and the NFL. The show features numerous NFL insiders, former and current players and executives, and taps into the insight gained in my 25-plus years covering this franchise. Check out the John Kine Report, another fine product offered by Empire Media. That's going to wrap it up for this week's edition of Inside the Cap. Don't forget, you can find me on Twitter at Corey Joel. That is C-O-R-R-Y-J-O-E-L. And also read my agent's take column at cbssports.com. Thanks for listening. Goodbye, and we'll see you next time.